Hello, welcome to Recapping with Dolora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram or we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Ashley. Girl. What'd it do? How are you post Slapgate episode? You, you recovering? How you feeling? Girl, I don't know. I'm still curious on the fallout, literally. Like, what's going to happen to Will Smith? I don't and think anything's going to happen, but you just, I don't know. And we're recording this before we have any additional details. So I'm sure by the time, you know, you guys are hearing it, there may be some other repercussions. But, you know, we will continue to move forward as a community. Absolutely. Because it definitely is down the middle. It's split. All right. I'm super excited, though. We are recapping Disney Pixar's Turning Red. I love this freaking movie. Love. (laughs) It's a kid slash family slash animation film. It's an hour and 40 minutes long. Came out March 11th this year. Here's a quick summary. In Turning Red, Mei Lee is a confident, dorky 13-year-old torn between staying her mother's dutiful daughter and the chaos of adolescence. And as if changes in her interests, relationships, and body weren't enough, whenever she gets too excited, which for a teenager is typically always, she poofs into a giant red panda. Here's the cast. We have Rosalie Chang as Mei Mei or Mei Lin, Sandra Oh as Ming Li, Matrei Ramakrishna as Priya. We have Ava Morris as Miriam, Hyun Park as Abby. By the way, I didn't realize for a minute that it was our girl from Never Have I Ever. That was Priya. Like it took yeah! me a minute to realize yeah! that. Orion Lee as Jin Lee and James Hong as Mr. Gong. I like to highlight the members of Four Town. Mm-hmm. We have Jordan Fisher as Robert. We have Phineas O'Connell as Jesse. Josh Levy as Aaron Z. Topher Go as Aaron T. And Grayson Villanova as Tae Young. Y'all have not seen some of the social media footage of them singing in the booths as these characters. I highly encourage it. Loved it so much. That's all I got. Go ahead. It was a lot of fun. And we sing their songs quite often in this household. Listen, boy band tunes, as cheesy as people think they are, are catchy for a reason. It's pop. Absolutely. I'd like to highlight the director, Domishi, and Lindsay Collins is producer. And it was written by... Julie Cho and Domi Shi for the screenplay. All right, Rotten Tomatoes critics gave this film 94%, audience 73%, 
Google users gave this film 85%. Ashley, what's your grade? I feel like the audience score is a lot of parents who had issue, okay? Because this <laughs> movie gets an A for me. I freaking loved it. I know this was a hidden gem for you. And I'm so glad that you brought this up because it really spoke to me and like some of my experiences coming of age. But more yes. than that, it was funny. It was vibrant. It had such personality. I'm saying like from jump, as soon as we step yes. into the world of turning red, I was thoroughly entertained with May's entrance. And then it also had just such a strong point of view. And so for all those reasons, I really loved it. I will watch this film repeatedly for many years to come. And it gets an A for me. What yes. about you? As a person who has watched this movie multiple times, <laughs> this movie gets an A for me too. I think it's always interesting when it comes to parents uh, who complains about what their kids watch. For me, I'm not saying I have it figured out, but I don't introduce anything to her that I can't watch. <laughs> now, with this film, there were definitely some themes and conversations about rebellion and all that that are valid to to an extent right but name me a disney princess who was not to some extent rebellious and that is what i am saying that's the formula that is what i am saying <laughs> ashley so formula. with that i still enjoyed it because for me i'm able to distance myself i know when it comes to media we've you know growing up you watch something i never really got so caught up into wanting to emulate these people Especially when your kid is so young, it's like, they like the colors. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, because even now, think about some of the movies you watched growing up, and then you watch it with adult eyes, and you're like, I didn't catch any of those things. None of I it. I didn't know what was None going on when I saw it. for Like, even for me, The Bodyguard. I've been watching The Bodyguard since I was a kid. And the things I took away as a kid are not, not even remotely what I take away from it now. I didn't know what was going on really between Whitney Houston no. and Kevin Costner. I just thought she had an attitude problem. I was like, mom, why is she so mean to him? <laughs> she can sing though. That woman got some talent. That's Whitney Houston. Okay. Exactly. But yeah, yeah I don't think kids pick on that. And then also, you know, I don't want to, I'm not a parent, but I think some parents can be naive to the realities of what their children are exposed to already worried about a film like this but after i saw the story i sent you the facebook post that i found on my feed with this uncle having an interaction with his 10 year old nephew that was extremely vulgar extremely and that's his own real it was real that was his own family member and i'm like listen Y'all think that it's the things that are always outside of your household. That's the negative influences. A lot of times it's things inside of your household, or it's also things that you have no idea about. Your kids go to school. You may not allow your kids on social media. I guarantee some of their friends are like, you're not going to be able to control completely the environment that your kid is in. This was super innocent to me. (laughs) Like, I just think that some parents, y'all got to chill. Y'all have got to chill. Girl. But Yeah. I give this film an A. It was a lot of fun. It was beautiful. I love the vibrancy in the colors and the elements of anime uh, that I noticed right away. It was which I still have fun. not gotten into, but you know, I was not into it either. I think the furthest I've ever gotten into anime was Sailor Moon. 
Yeah. I mean, I have friends that love it, go deep. And I'm like, as much as I love entertainment, I have not ventured down the anime route. Maybe someday, but yeah. Oh, and my sister loves anime. Interesting. Yeah. More so in her adult life. And it's just like the shows on like Netflix or something like that. She doesn't read it. It's more of like the the shows. All right. So to your point earlier, Ashley, we have May May, the super confident, obnoxious teenager who lives. That's subjective. (laughs) Who lives in Canada with her family, her mom and dad. She has a crew of BFFs. We have Marion, Abby, and Priya. She's a good kid on all accounts, very dutiful, as she mentioned, and she spends a lot of time with her parents. However, she is living a bit of a double life with her girlfriends, who she obviously does not bring around with her parents. She is convinced that she's an adult, like, because she can take the bus on her own. Do you remember your first taste of independence as a preteen? Oh, that is such a good question. I feel like I didn't really feel like I had established my independence until I got my license because I also was not allowed to get a cell phone. You know, we grew up in a different generation than Very the kids so. today. So, you know, kids in middle school still had beepers and pagers. Y'all, some of y'all <laughs> youngsters don't, you know, I ain't never even necessarily seen a rotary phone, let alone know what Girl. a beeper or a pager is. Right. But yeah, it was it was that time where I was able to start making my own decisions and ways about where I was going to go, what I was going to do. And I also was earlier than all my other friends with getting their license because I was older in my class than a lot of other kids. So that was probably it for me. I don't think I was 13. That was a little young, but mm-hmm. I definitely remember the feeling, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That feeling of like, let's go. <laughs> like, can nobody yeah. tell me nothing. For me, it was riding my bike in the street and going down multiple blocks <laughs> where I was like I'm talking about young preteen you know what I mean like I can ride my bike around this neighborhood I don't have to be in the you know eyesight of my mother <laughs> oh man and that was a lot of fun for me but then it became a bit of a nuisance because I had to wait till I was like 12 or 13 to do that and then guess what I had to bring my sister along and I'm like <laughs> The joys of being the older sibling. Mm -hmm. And now I'm responsible for another human being who gets the chance to do the thing that I had to wait this long for. Who (laughs) to (laughs) lay? She's boy crazy. (laughs) She displays her love for boys through sketching, specifically rolling underneath the bed. And, and sketching boys as mermaids and muscles and all those things. Were you boy crazy? One. And then two, were you into sketching or anything like that to express your love for the opposite <laughs> sex? Or in your case, the opposite sex, but you know, obviously, depending on what your life's journey is. Yes. So, yes, I did like boys a lot. Um, the way I expressed it was posters on my walls. So I had genuine first because that was my very first. 
Yeah, pony era, baby. Genuine was a male specimen. Okay, I was in love with that man. Never did it for me. Never. I was so in love with Genuine. My some of my guy friends to this day are like Genuine, Genuine, Genuine because they know how it was the baby here for me. It was the baby here for me. I'm like, no, sir. Yeah, no. I went through this whole era of that whole light skin, pretty boy, curly hair look, and Genuine was a part of that phase. Okay, he was number one. And then it moved on to Justin Timberlake because obviously Justin Timberlake <laughs> yes. was a part of the boy band era that you and I both really got into it. NSYNC was my boy band of choice. So I bought every single magazine that they were ever on. At one point, I kept it in a cabinet in my room. And then I'm only going to share this with you guys because you're all my friends. Okay. I used to read NSYNC fan fiction because that's how deep that. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> that's how deep. My love with <laughs> Delora is screaming. Y'all can't done. hear her. <laughs> I'm done. I love it. I love well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for your honesty and your vulnerability in this moment. <laughs> and it was this one particular writer, I can't remember her name, but she had him with a black woman. So I was like, oh, this is me. Because I y'all oh, couldn't tell me I was not gonna marry Justin Timberlake. Y'all couldn't tell me I was not gonna marry that man. So, yeah, there you go. That's my nugget for today's five. I love it. Insane fan fiction. Okay, so I wouldn't say I was boy crazy. I knew I, you know, I like boys. I think I mainly focused on like celebrities, to your point, right? Around this preteen time, and I forgot to mention this movie takes place in 2002. So, this is literally us that (laughs) our experiences. Absolutely. Will Smith, as I mentioned before. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, mm-hmm. GTT. Mm-hmm. You couldn't tell me nothing. You could not tell me nothing. Okay. And when it came to boy bands, I was in love with Kevin from the Backstreet Boys because he was like the tall, quiet one in the back. Mm-hmm. And then he also I, always had great facial hair, like amazing facial hair, Ashley. Yeah. And then when it came to In Sync, I was so against the leads. Until the curly hair era of Justin. The fro. Killed that it. That fro. I mean, we let him get away with so much with that fro. <laughs> <laughs> that his natural hair. You know, he, he wouldn't walk around it. with a perm. So I accept it. I accepted Justin. But my fave from NSYNC for a long time until, you know, the Bye 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 era was Lance Bass. Shocking. Shocking. Like, oh my god, he's the quiet one with the deep voice. And I'm like, yeah. You and Topanga. That was y'all boo. Uh, if we're gonna, you know, drop a few gems here. Me and my girlfriends in middle school would try to write romance stories. <laughs> <laughs> so we would make up our own stories and try to read it with one another and things like that. So that was our thing. I mean, that I wasn't. Is- it's a teen girl thing. Like, again, it that's is. why this was so realistic to me because we did these really like cutesy, secretive little things between yes. our friends and ourselves. Yes. And you know what I mean? Like, it was just that it was just that time. I mean, and I, honestly, I was probably boy crazy even before May was because I was messing with boys in preschool. But listen, <laughs> point is, <laughs> I think all women can relate to this story and kind of that era where you're figuring things out your body's changing you're starting to get a little boobs like Delora when my boobs first started coming in I had my mom like 
check them every day at one point. Like, do they look bigger? Do they look like they grow even my girlfriends would sleep over like sixth grade. We were like comparing because I had never seen like another girl my age's boobs. And we were like, hey, is this what my boobs was like? I've heard that guys do this with their penises. Guys, you guys can confirm it. But it's just kind of like your bodies are developing. You're trying yeah. to figure things out. And it's just an era. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. a unique period of time where you're like, what is this life? And who am I? <laughs> like, who yeah. am I becoming? I was the complete opposite. I was so embarrassed when I had to ask my mom for a bra. Like, I just was like, so like mortified. I don't know why, but it was like, oh my God, I need to go over there, (laughs) you know? Well, Delora, you developed, honey, whereas my (laughs) boobs never really got that big. You know what I'm saying? So we was trying to figure out, hey, what size are are we even going to get to an A cup over here? You know, like, (laughs) Lord, help me, Lord. Help me. <laughs> Hilarious. Ming finds May May's drawings and she went straight to the Daisy Mart to confront Devin, who was the object of May May's affection and her latest sketches. He, of course, had no idea what was going on. But Ashley, could Ming be that clueless? Was she not a teenage girl herself? I think her mother was so lost in the sauce of thinking that May was just this innocent little flower and somehow her daughter was being taken advantage of. I I literally have in my notes deceased on this scene. Like I would have absolutely left the city. I had secondhand embarrassment. It was mortifying. Like I can't relate to the mother in this moment. I'm relating to the child. And I'm like, yo, if my mom had grabbed these drawings run over and embarrass me in front of this boy and every other kid who was in the store transfer me i'm moving i'm leaving put me in witness protection i mean the way she was trying to talk it out that evening she just was like literally doing what i would do is like screaming in a pillow saying it's okay what are you doing so funny devastating (laughs) well that night may may transformed Because in the morning, she was a big red panda. When I was watching all the interviews and the behind the scenes stuff for this movie, her panda is supposed to be eight feet tall. And they refer to it as magical puberty. Now, when I watched this movie initially, I was like, is this supposed to be a metaphor of a girl having her first period? Did you come to a similar conclusion? I did because the morning she turned, her mother was talking about the change and bringing pads and all that stuff out. So I figured that was what the metaphor was supposed to be. But to be honest, I went down more of a rabbit hole about red pandas than I did about anything. What did you find? I'm curious. So, I mean, they're actually small, smaller creatures. They're not really in a panda family. They're more self-considered to be more like raccoons, things like that. They are found in more subtropical climates and things like that. Like they are native to China though. Yeah. More indigenous Mm -hmm. to certain regions, including China. And they're adorable. I mean, they really are adorable when I was Googling them. So I was like, I mean, I also read or heard, I can't remember which that they chose this animal because it doesn't necessarily have mythical ties the way certain other animals do. Interesting. So they create their own mythology. Gotcha. I love that now. That helps with the the lore of it Mm -hmm. all, right? Yeah. They wanted to be able to create their own mythology around it. 
Yeah, so Maymay managed to get out of the house and go to school on her first day of transformation by understanding that she needs to control her emotions. And we know how impossible that is as a teenage girl. But she managed. She managed. And her mom drove her to school. Her friends noticed that she was different. She had to catch her emotions looking at the cute boy from school all the way to beat up Tyler for posting her sketches all over the school. Tyler was an example of hurt people hurt people. That child Mm. needed help. Needed help. But girl, speaking of how overbearing Ming is, she was stalking Mei Mei in school. Again, does she not know what it's like to be a teenage girl? Like, I don't understand her action. At she this was point, such she, a helicopter mom. And at this point, she wasn't even thinking about the panda at this rate, right? Mm-mm, mm-mm. This was just in the event that her daughter started her, her period. But I did appreciate them being open with this particular topic because I don't really recall, especially any animated movies showing pads and, and, and medicine and heat pad, you know, heat pads and all that. No, this film stands alone for those things for sure. But I just, why didn't Ming come to the office and call for her instead of standing outside behind a tree? I was like, it's the emotional distress for me. Like, I just don't understand her mother's tactics. Like everything she did felt like it was the height of possible drama and embarrassment. (laughs) <laughs> yeah like your mama having to be chased by security or a, a teacher outside the window of your school your classroom you'll be the laughing stock of the school when you were young were you able to control your emotions no <laughs> I, I, well, I say that to say I've always been somebody and this is why again I related so much on the Adam project to the scene between young Adam and old Adam talking about it's easier to be angry than sad. I always felt like my default at a certain point was more, I was fine to show anger, but I didn't like to show vulnerability. Mm. And so I was usually, and I'm still working on this quick to like irritation and quick to like pop off or snap about something to a certain Mm. extent. So those emotions I couldn't necessarily control as easy as like, Oh, nobody was going to see me cry in class or nobody was going to upset me to the extent where, you know what I mean? I'm going to have like a, a breakdown of some sort, but I did struggle a bit with the, the, the more angry side of things. Like for, for this, like I said, this moment, I would have been super mad at my mom. Like, why would you come and embarrass me like this? Yeah. You know? So I would have struggled and also hormones. Cause that's what it's really supposed to be showing too is when that, those hormones hit at first. Oof, yeah. You're like a pinch nerve. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I don't think that's talked about as much as boys going through puberty and the hormones and Mm. all they go through. Like, girls, we have those moments too, people. Well, they highlight that, right? Because Maymay poofed into the giant panda. And luckily, no one in school saw her, but her mom saw what happened and chased her home. But she stopped at the Daisy Mart to do (laughs) Auga. Devin, like, oh my goodness, I see you over there. Look at how you're looking. (laughs) And then it's always the local guy who technically is probably a bum with like mature eyes. (laughs) Not a bum. Damn. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Like, 
What did Devin really got going for him? He looked like he did not want to be there. How old was Devin? 17? Like, he ain't... Let, let that man probably go to college, Let that probably man go to college. He's probably a bum. He ain't going nowhere, man. He ain't going nowhere. No, no, I'm not saying that because he did have a job, but you understand what I'm trying to say. Like yeah. you not you don't necessarily crush on potential at that age. You're no, crushing no. on the physical, you know. It's a very physical era of time. And he could be dumb as rocks for all yeah. you know. And it's also the pheromones, you know what I'm saying? That sometimes you just get around that that whoever it is you're attracted to, and those pheromones <laughs> hit. Mm-hmm. Mean tries to console May May for what she's become. And it took Dada to be like, uh, it happened already. And May May is like, excuse me? Mean goes on to say it happened a lot sooner than, than she expected. She's only a baby. We get the lore of the great red panda. Their ancestor, Sun Yi, had a mystical connection to pandas. The men were gone to war on a red moon. She prayed to the gods for a way to protect her family. And she morphed into this panda with, you know, with her emotions. She has been able to pass this on to her daughters ever since. (laughs) And my favorite part was, and as time went on and a new world has come, the blessing has become a bit of an inconvenience. <laughs> Ashley, was this a blessing or a curse? It was definitely a curse initially because one, why would your parents not have told you about this family lineage a long time ago? Like, mm, if this like they're not, not proud a, of it. Okay. But it's, but it's also just like, it, it's it's something that we could have prepared her for. Like, even if you thought she still had a while to go, which again, I think was her mother, her mother's own mentality of for some reason thinking her child was more innocent and young than she mm, was. Yes. Um, I feel like you could have at least prepared her for this reality because take this out of Disney Pixar land. If a human being became an animal, that's a horror film. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it's cute and fluffy on a Disney Pixar movie. But in any normal capacity, this is absolutely would be considered a curse. So at least at this point, I think I definitely saw it as like, you know, unfortunate because we didn't know what the red panda really meant. We didn't know what the implications were and we didn't know how it was going to further impact May's life. And at this point, she doesn't have control Mm. over this situation. And who wants to walk around life as a red panda? She was freaking adorable, though. Like, she was adorable. But adorable. He's a human being. So you don't <laughs> want to be. You want to live life as a human. I think some of y'all may, you know, I know there's that whole genre of, of sex Furries. play out there. Yeah, Furries. I know. I get it. So I, actually, no judgment here. No judgment. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a cure. And on the next red moon, which is a month away, her family can cure her from this curse. May May is trying to figure out ways of controlling her panda because, you know, a month is a long way away. She was at home away from all of her friends in school. And her girlfriend stopped by to let her know that Four Town going on tour. They were super excited. May May was so excited that she accidentally showed her friends her panda self. 
Do you remember your first concert, Ashley? Janet Jackson. No, Brandy. Ooh. Brandy, first album, Knott's Berry Farm. I guess technically a concert. Now, if we're talking about stadium, Janet Jackson, Janet Tour. Wow. How old were you then, if you don't mind me asking? I don't know. We'd have to look back at that era, but I was young, but it was super memorable. Super memorable. I would imagine. She wasn't doing SM stuff on stage. No, this was Janet. This was Janet. So this is before like Velvet Ropes. This was, you know, uh, that's the way love goes. And again, and, you know, all of those. She looked amazing. You know, like I said, I have had the. Exactly. I've had the fortune to see all of my favorite female entertainers so far in concert. Now I got to see her, which I was supposed to last year, but we're going to see her this year. Um, Yeah. But yeah, it was amazing. So yeah, those are my two, two of my first. For me, my first concert was not by choice. (laughs) Um, My friend from high school had free tickets. And it was Clay Aiken and Kelly Clarkson (laughs) on tour together. (laughs) Wow. So was this the American Idol, like right after American Idol? No, it was right after American Idol because they were independent from them. And they decided to go on tour together. I've seen Kelly Carson, I think, two to three times. She's amazing live. Okay. Yeah. But Clay... I, and and the only reason why I agree to it, because again, looking at the ticket originally, I was like, ah, you, you know, but it was free and we had sweet seats because of my friend's parents. Yeah. And I was like, I I can see um, if I were invincible, you know, what I, mean? like, <laughs> I don't know a single play Aiken song, I don't think, but I, sweet, I think that sweet was tickets? his only song. Yeah. Let's go. It was a lot of fun. We We had a lot of fun. Um, because we kind of, it was kind of tongue in cheek a little bit, especially with Clay. I'm going to tell you how boy crazy I was at the era too, since we're talking about first concerts. When I went and saw Brandy, it was because my parents had taken me and my brother to California. I think that was our first California trip. So, I mean, we got to go to Disneyland, we got to go to Universal, we got to go to Knott's Ferry. But girl, I threw a whole fit because my dad was like, oh, Ash, I forgot to tell you, if we had been back home, I was going to take you to go see Immature. And I was like immature how dare you how dare you make me miss this immature concert because I was in love with like Tevin Campbell and like all of those of that era like Tevin yeah. Campbell probably was very very first crush when I can be honest with y'all because mm-hmm. when he sings to this day happy birthday Ashley on Fresh Prince I still melt so and that's weird as a child but I'm just saying it was still like touching anyway yeah. that's how boy crazy I was there that I was so pissed that my parents would have the audacity to take me on a trip to California to all the great theme parks because I wanted to go see Immature. That's so funny. You know, during this era, I wasn't allowed to listen to quote unquote secular music. (laughs) So I never got into Immature. I think at most we got into Boys to Men. Mm -hmm. But then the reason why we were allowed to listen to, you know, pop music like Britney, Christina, and in syncing them was because they were on the Disney Channel. So we were able to, you know, make I that need transition. Somebody, I need somebody to bring back Disney Channel specials. Those concert yes. specials were everything. Yes. And Destiny's Child, can't forget, of course. 
Um, but yeah, and I forgot to answer the question earlier about whether or not I was a moody child during puberty. That's really hard to pinpoint considering I'm a cancer. So I've been moody my entire life. <laughs> so, you know, maybe, maybe I was moody. <laughs> Gotta ask my I, I was never really happy. I was always very serious, right? Uh. So it was serious and then annoyed. And then like maybe angry or something like that. But See, I've always been a very happy-go-lucky person, but I think I used to take myself very seriously. Mm-hmm. So whenever people would come for me, it's like, I'm not joking. I'm going for the jugular. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah. I've matured and grown out of that. But yeah. Her friends embrace her um, in her panda form. And she realized that is a possible way of controlling this magical puberty but she lied to her mother and said that it was her mother's love that was helping her exactly because she was living that two life i got two bones <laughs> so since she was able to control herself she asked her parents to go to the concert and guess what all of the crew's parents said no uh she had me cracking up she's like who do they think they are celine dion and I'm like, that is very much a Canadian situation Reference. because Celine Dion is, you know, that chick. So let's not kid ourselves either. Top, one of the top vocalists of all time. I, all I mean, I'm just, time. she put together a whole presentation. I feel like when you go to that much effort. Let the girl go. Let you put some respect on it. Okay. I agree. I agree. And she had an overhead projector. Where they, where they, where she found that at? Like, <laughs> she never scooped. <laughs> The part that I thought was interesting, too, was, you know, Maymay disdain for things were, was becoming more obvious. Like, she was rolling her eyes. She was, like, doing all the things that, you know, a perfect child is not supposed to do. But what cracked me up was, as soon as her mama called, she didn't want nothing to do with her. I was like, isn't it always rich when you realize you're doing things your parents have done right in in your adult life I just I don't know I thought that was rich were you surprised that Ming had a strained relationship with her mom in that way it was fascinating grandma reminded me of the mom from crazy rich Asians like that's immediately Mm. the comparison that I had of just probably the strictness, the expectations, all those things. But it made sense at the same time, because maybe she was trying to compensate for what she felt like she doesn't have with her mother by being such a helicopter parent to May, you know, so mm-hmm. it made sense as well. So the girls decided to start Operation Four Town Shakedown. The goal is to raise $800, may may take pictures, merchandise of the panda for her classmates because her school accepted her as she was. Were you surprised that everybody was so open? I literally have in my notes, her classmates' reaction were very unexpected. Like, again, we're making it seem like this would just be normal, I guess, in the world of Disney Pixar because it's cute. But you know what did make sense to me? It's like, I know this is 2002, so technology and social media isn't what it is today. But today, this will make so much sense because photo ops and social media and Instagram, people will be posting this ish 
all over the place. But you know what I also thought? Man, I went down a dark path for her because I was like, she would have been hunted down and held by a government entity. Oh my gosh, like X-Men. Apparently, it's giving Teen Wolf vibes. His school embraced him. He was very popular, so merchandise and everything. Teen Wolf was my movie. What's up, um, Michael J. Fox? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So they were going to do all this and pose as mathletes to get Ming off of their track. So time passed. The girls are still trying to raise money, but they're running short. And Tyler, of all people, have a proposition for them. It's for May May to be Panda at his birthday party, and he will pay the amount of money needed for them to go to the concert. Well, that same night, Grandma and Auntie show up in town. And before that, Ming was trying to join May May with the mathletes talking about they used to call me the common denominator. (laughs) (laughs) That was really funny. And then, of course, we can't forget, like, oh, you are cute. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I I was never I'm good at math, but I was never into math in that way. (laughs) No, same, same. I love the aunties, though. Their entrance was everything everything it was the the wedge flip-flop for me like you know what I mean and the pose the toe point like yes yes it's interesting having your family gathered together you get so much more tea when everybody's talking about you right we find out very quickly that means panda was feared out of all of them may may sneaks out of the house she does the party and they have a great time. That was a fun scene. Again, the panda is so freaking adorable. Ming finds out that Mei Mei snuck out and she found out about the whole hustle. She confronts, well, she was going to confront her, but guess what? Mei Mei lost her temper on Tyler and almost hurt him. I was surprised they took this turn when it came to the panda, but I guess the whole point is to show how erratic, you know, her emotions were. What, what did you think at this point? Yeah, because she's debating whether or not she wants to perform the, well, not debating, but the ritual's coming up. So it's like, you know, as fun and all this stuff as the panda is, I think there's supposed to be a side that is feared or problematic to make there be a necessity to kind of, you know, get rid of it. But I was worried for Tyler's life in this particular scene because, you know, Big Red Panda hops on you. It could go either way. But I also was really analyzing Tyler in this scene because I'm like, Tyler is rich and Tyler has a pool. And yet he still felt like to get his classmates to come to his party, he had to pay May $200, I believe it was, to become the panda and attract attention. Like, I kind of felt bad for Tyler in that moment because I'm not sure we're catching him at a time where he's a little jerk. Yeah. Again, going back to the Adam project, but like, has he always felt like he just doesn't belong amongst his peers, you think? Yeah, that's a valid question. You do anything for clout. That's what the great Cardi B said. Or just friends in general. I mean, Tyler, Tyler, you have all the things. But did he have friends? I don't recall being, no. you know, him being surrounded by a set group of friends. I unlike don't May think May. he did. Yeah, I don't think he did, which is what I'm saying. I feel like in this moment, I was like, maybe Tyler, again, hurt people, hurt people. Maybe Tyler's been picking on them all this time just because he was lonely and 
didn't mm-hmm. have a crew of his own. We're jealous. Yeah. Ming shows up. She apologizes for Mamie's behavior. Uh, Tyler's parents aren't having it, which is fair. But Ming blames her friends for Mamie's actions. And Mamie doesn't say a thing. She throws her friends under the bus. My question is, what is the deal with Ming not holding Maymay accountable for her own actions? She doesn't see her daughter for who she really is. And May was so weak in this moment. That's what I literally yeah. have in my notes. Weak. Like, this was the time. This was the time to stand up, not just for yourself, but for your friends. Your friends did not do this to you. You are not this innocent child. Nope. Not at all. If you were her friends, would you have been a little upset? Absolutely. Because they got, they took the brunt of the rage, right? When we all know the truth. The fact that her mother said that she didn't really, May May told Miriam that her mother didn't really like her. So you're telling me you didn't ever defend your friend to your mom? Like, I've never had a friend and my mom's just like, Hey, I don't like that person. You know what I mean? Because I feel like if that was the case, then maybe we need to have a conversation. Like, what is your perception yeah. of this person? You know, again, she's 13, though. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just feel yeah. like there would be more of a conversation of like, what is it that you don't like about her? Like, what is you perceiving? Because I do feel like, again, it's the innocence. Like, you think she's a bad influence because you don't really know your child. Well, some time passed and we finally reached the night of the red moon and the four town concert i forgot to mention part of the rage Mamie was feeling was understanding that the concert was not on the 18th that abby read it incorrectly and it's actually on the same day as her ritual but since the falling out Mamie is putting on a strong face at dinner with her family and she gets ready for the ceremony She has a beautiful heart-to-heart with her father, who also brought up the fact that Ming's panda was rather large. It's important to to mention. It was just very sweet because he was a very quiet man throughout this whole film. How do you think he survived in that household? Because the mom was such a strong personality, as well as Maymay. I think he knows who he married. And... (laughs) You know, in the scene, he tells her that he is the reason that, you know, her mother really had her red panda come out at the time. It was a huge disagreement with her own mother. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think there were a lot of factors. I think her mother has evolved into the person that she is now. Um, and it probably hasn't always been this exact way, but I think he knows who he married. And, you know, I think the best relationships are kind of a yin and yang. So you need that balance. And I yeah. think he balanced her mother well because imagine two super high strong crazy helicopter parents together that would have been a disaster absolutely so the ceremony begins the family members the grandma the aunties the mom they say this traditional chant it's interesting because the priest mentioned that you could just sing a song from your heart it doesn't necessarily have to be this traditional cantonese (laughs) song that they were singing but while they were going the circle lights up and may may enters an astral field where she meets her ancestor sunny she goes through the mirror and she 
notices that as she goes through this mirror, the panda goes in the opposite direction. She decides that she does not want to give up her panda and that, in fact, she wants to go to the concert with her friends. Was this a smart choice, Ashley? It's a great question because I was like, you're 13. I feel like you've seen all the women in your family kind of banish their pandas. So are you old enough and wise enough to make this lifelong commitment and decision? I wasn't sure, but I mean, all she could do is make the best decision for herself in that moment, which was that it didn't feel right. And we saw like the sadness in the panda's face as they were being separated. So, you know, there was some emotion there. There was a a connection, a deep connection there. And so Mm -hmm. I I definitely understood. And I also wondered how many generations had it been since Mm. someone decided to embrace the panda? Was it time to break the generational Mm. situation of disconnection? Yeah. Because who will you be? Like, who would you be with and without? I guess ultimately was my question. Does it diminish you in some way when you get rid of your panda? Mm. May May is on her way to the concert. Uh, she finds a rhythm to her panda as she hops across roofs. This is some of the anime moments that I was reminded of as well with some of the music that was going on. And it was it was a beautiful scene as she makes her way to the Four Town concert. Her friends greeted her with open har- arms, even though they were slightly reluctant. But what Maymay doesn't know is that Ming took this personal in a very serious way. Her emblem broke and her panda came out. She is a Godzilla <laughs> form of a freaking red panda. Whew. The concert begins, but it ended very, very quickly. The family at this rate is just trying to stop Ming. But everything she keeps saying is, how could you do this to your mother? May May turns into her panda and was like, the hustle was my idea. I like boys and I like gyrating. <laughs> Deal with it. That was hilarious. And you see this little panda booty just going up <laughs> and down. I was like, this is a mess. I thought of the Charmin commercials for some reason. <laughs> That's funny. And while Maymay and Ming were fighting, Maymay does this major smack in the head for Ming and she falls back and she falls outside of the circle. So, of course, Maymay immediately regrets it and tries to pull her in the circle. The grandma and the aunties help and we got a chance to see their pandas. I thought that was adorable. Miriam, being the best girlfriend, got for town to participate. It was like the most epic <laughs> finale with <laughs> the four town pop song and this chant being married together to solve their issues. What did you think at this point? Uh, this scene was hilarious to me, especially when she kicked her mother in the head and knocked her out. I think I literally laughed out loud both times I watched it. But I also thought it was interesting because... They had said earlier in the movie that you only have one chance to banish your red panda. Yeah. And I was like, that's not actually true. And thank God for that, for mom, grandma, and aunties. (laughs) That's so true. 
So the chanting works and Mei Mei returns to the astral plane and she sees her mother as a teenager crying about a difficult, you know, the difficulty she has with her mother and the pressures of being perfect. And also that she had hurt her mother because she, her mother has that scar on her face. She does. I'm surprised that scar is all that, <laughs> all that grandma got. Cause that was mean was gigantic. Mm-hmm. Mei was able to console her at this point though I think this is what she meant earlier in the film when she said Mei was too young because I felt like she probably got her panda as this later teenager right I mean I think it all depends too on when I think it's supposed to be based in when you start your period so if Ming is starting her period at 13 maybe her mother started her period at 14 15 mm-hmm. but she looked like a 16 17 year old to me if she was 16 or 17 and just starting her period if that's the metaphor we're gonna continue to go with mm. then wow well, i know they say well i was gonna say i know they say that it has gotten younger over time because yes. of most of the things private chemicals we eat all that yep but yeah that's that would be what like i wish that i had had that long i was around the same age as may mm-hmm can we talk about how their red hair was fire though? Like everybody, I loved it. <laughs> I was like, as a lover of redheads and be currently being one myself. Same. Loved I it. was just like fire. But I just loved how Mamie was able to see a part of her mother that she probably would have never seen mm-hmm. and understood that they were going through the same the same issues and that's the part that I wanted out of me I wanted her to see herself and her daughter in some way and not be so blinded by being a mama bear you know mm-hmm. ultimately there was still some red moon left and the whole family was able to to go back to normal and cure their red panda but Mamie decided to keep hers she was a little she was a little nervous but I thought it was so cute that it seemed like her ancestor was excited that she was like, finally, finally, somebody's going to keep it. Yeah, it was it was love. It was beautiful because I felt like to my point earlier, how many generations had it been since someone had embraced the panda? And I'm sure for the ancestor, it was such a beautiful gift for her at the time that the fact that May is now at a time and era where she can see it again as a gift and appreciate it and I think the metaphor was always supposed to be like self-love and acceptance yes um and so it was that reassurance that May is making the right decision because we talked about is she old enough is she wise enough well she got her ancestor there twirling her through the skies so yeah it felt good and to that point reading from the headlines from Christianity Today Turning red teaches kids to feed, not tame the beast within. Oh. The film departs from biblical wisdom on how we should deal with our inner mess. This oh. was from March 29th. That was a major issue to some of the things that we were saying at the beginning of this recap. But to close out the film. Um, that's why I'm spiritual, <laughs> not religious. Maze Two Lives are no longer separate they come together that event of 2002 is called the panda apocalypse <laughs> <laughs> they 
have to raise a boatload of money to repair that stadium. But Maymay is living her life with her friends and her family. It's a it's a joyous moment. And the mom is learning to let go and loosen up a little bit too, which was much needed. So Ashley, what are your final thoughts on the film, Turning Red? Again, loved it. Um, love the overall messaging, self-love and acceptance, especially in the face of opposition from people you love, from society, takes a lot of strength. And I hope that May holds on to that because it can become even more challenging with age, especially as a woman. So I hope that this is inspirational for some young women who have watched this film and even, you know, those our age and older to just remember this time and remember who we are and love ourselves regardless, Delora. It's a beautiful message. I know. How does this film stack up to your other Pixar movies? You always ask me this about these Disney and Pixar features. And I told you it's, it's hard for these newer ones to crack the vaults, crack the tops because those tops are so tied into childhood nostalgia and memories but I did love this film. So I do think this is one that I'm going to go back to and revisit multiple times. I know people don't buy anymore, but I would buy this on DVD. So that's a strong endorsement. Whoa. That's a strong endorsement. The last film I bought on DVD maybe was actually a Disney Pixar movie, maybe Toy Story 3, something like that. And I love Toy Story. So Mm. it's going to be one that holds a special place in my heart, I guess is the best way to put it. What about you? I always ask you that question, but I really don't have an answer. (laughs) (laughs) I really, I really do enjoy it. You know, my favorite Pixar films are The Incredibles. So I would say, I don't know, because I enjoy Soul, but for different reasons. I enjoy Inside and Out for different reasons. Soul was an adult cartoon. Absolutely. Flat out. But it's probably, it probably makes its way in my top five for, for Pixar. Mm, okay. I give it to, you know, I'm not attached to Toy Stories. I'm not. I know. That's, that's, that's crazy to me. Because those are the most beloved in the Disney Pixar family for me personally. Now, Monsters, Inc. and The Incredibles up there at the top as well. Monsters, Inc. I used to watch repeatedly as well you, as the first Incredibles. You... <laughs> And my favorite out of the Monster Inks would be Monsters University. Like, and you know, I watch it every time it comes on TV, but I don't go back to it like I yeah. do with Monsters Inc. Because I love an origin story. Like I'm yeah. a, I'm almost a purist in that way. Like I almost yeah. don't like when you start getting too deep into a, a series or a character. Because I like when I first, like when something is fresh and innocent, almost, I don't know how else to put it. Do you know what I mean though? Well, I love a good flashback. I want to know the origin. I would love the fact that they were in college. I like, I don't know. I just, I just loved it. But that first story was such a great story on its own. You know what I, it was just, you had Sully, you had the friendship, you had you the know, love it, of the child. It, it was just, it doesn't do it for me in that way, Ashley. I'm telling y'all, Monsters, Inc., go back and watch it. It's been probably been a while, but Disney Plus, watch Monsters, Inc. I love that film. So my final thoughts on Turning Red, I really enjoyed this mother-daughter story. I think it's it, it was a beautiful one, right? You have the high-strung mom who wants to make her 
a mini me, but you realize that your daughter is very much her own individual. I also love the fact that this is Pixar's first movie with all women leadership. Yes. Domi, this was her first directing film. Mm Mm-hmm. The other thing is, it takes four to five years to make these movies, Ashley. They started in 2018, girl. That is commitment. And a fun fact, the pandas in front of the temple are named Bart and Lisa. Like, did you notice that? (laughs) Simpsons, I didn't pay attention at all. But it makes even more sense since they 20th got acquired by Disney, so. Yeah. And at the very end of the movie and the credits, it says dedicated to mothers, daughters, grandmothers, and aunties. And I love that so much. I just want to shout out. Thank you, mom, for not being this type of mother because. Same. Thank you. I know at times I've had attitude and all that, but I appreciate you. So. Well, if there's nothing else, time for hitting gents. All right. All right. I have two this week. My first one is not necessarily hidden, but worth mention, and that is Bad Vegan, Fame, Fraud, Fugitives on Netflix. The summary of it alone was wild. After marrying a mysterious man who claimed he could make her dog immortal, oh my God, a vegan restaurateur, yeah, a vegan restaurateur finds her life veering off the rails. This was on my watch list because of the hype around it and just this genre of bad behavior by high profile CEOs and business owners, i.e. the dropout, um, is my genre. And it was indeed quite nuts. Four episodes. I came away thinking her husband was another essentially tender swindler and continued my habit of Google rabbit holes during and after my watch. Now, while both the two main people, Sarma and Anthony, both served jail time due to financial impact, I just can't shake some of the implications that this series has on like human psychology. Like there's so much about the ease of manipulation of human beings, like as long as you know the right buttons to push. So if you guys check it out, take away from it what you will, feel free to um, send us a message and let us know what you think. My second hidden gem, Olivia Rodrigo driving home to you while I was on Disney Plus, gave this a watch. I remember first hearing about driver's license and success of Olivia, but not really knowing much about her. Now, while this wasn't like a super informative and intimate documentary like that Billie Eilish one that I mentioned previously that it was on Apple Plus, I do feel like I got a glimpse into Olivia's life and enjoyed like the change of venues that they did and different performances that she did. So I think Trader is my favorite song off of her album. And this just reminded me, like I enjoy her as a musician and I'm looking forward to seeing what she works on next. So those are my two hidden gems for this week. Delora, what about you? All right, Ashley, I have one hidden gem this week and it's called Embrace the Panda, The Making of Turning Red. It's a documentary found on Disney+. Plus. It's 48 minutes. And essentially, it gives you a behind-the-scenes of the all-woman team that I talked about earlier that were in charge of this Pixar original feature. Uh, They go in deep. They talk about their personal lives and um, who they were when they were 13 years old as well as their relationship with their parents. And I think it it pairs well with the film, if you have time, of course. It's mm-hmm. rated G, so it's safe for everyone. And you should check it out. I loved it. I love a good 
BTS moment. Mm-hmm. All right. I guess we're done for the day, kids. I guess so. Hope well, you thank enjoyed. You, thank you, yes. girl. Hope you guys enjoyed yet another recap. Of course, as always, we'll be back on Thursday with another episode. Curious to see what headlines and hot topics are looking like this week, girl. <laughs> exactly. Guys, as always, thank you for giving us a listen. Please follow us on social media. And we'll see you next time. Bye.